you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, it's Mark Striegel. Welcome to the podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to make note that Duff McKagan joined Guns N' Roses, Axl Rose, on stage the other night in London, I believe. And we do not talk about this during the podcast because we recorded the interview with Dave Navarro and the uh, host raps with John Astronomy uh, before this happened. But I did want to actually mention it here before we got into the show. Uh, we obviously would have asked Dave about it being that Duff just left uh, Jane's Addiction. Kind of interesting news for us Guns N' Roses fans. Uh, although Yarmo at Here Today Gone to Hell is reporting that this was nothing more than kind of a coincidence. Duff just happened to be in the same hotel as as Axel in uh, London. And I guess they got to talking and he invited him down to the show to do, I think, three or four songs. And that, according to Yarmo, again, nothing else should be read into this. This was not premeditated. This is not a sign that a big reunion is, is about to happen. Um and uh, that's that. So let's get into a great episode of the Talking Metal podcast. What's up? This is Dave Navarro, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hey, this is Devin Townsend from Strapping Young Lad, and you are listening to Talking Metal. Hi, this is Herman Z. German Rebel. You're listening to Talking Metal. Hey, this is Mike Portnoy from Dream Theater, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hi, this is Glenn Tibner from Judas Priest, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hi, everyone, this is K.K. Downing of Judas Priest, and you're listening to Talking Metal, so you know what to do. Crank it up. Hi, this is Ian Hill from Judas Priest, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Everybody, this is Rob Halford, the Metal God from Judas Priest, and you're listening to Talking Metal. I am Dan Lorenzo from the Cursed Hades Nonfiction and Who Knows What Else, and I love the show Talking Metal, which is what you are listening to right now. This is Michael Grant with Endeavor Raster, and you're listening to Talking Metal. What's up, Robin X? This is Billy Milano from SOD and MOD, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hi, this is Ozzy Osbourne, and you're listening to Talking Metal. <laughs> yes, yeah, Jim Brewer, and you're listening to Hey, this is Vizio, you're rocking with Talking Metal. Fucking it. Mark Striegel, John Astronomy, the Talking Metal Podcast, coming, coming to you from the Silver Spacecraft. On Bud Friendly, here's your hosts, Mark and John.
Hey, welcome to episode 325 of Talking Metal. What you're hearing underneath us right now is a little rat. That's a song called Last Call off the latest rat record. Uh, within the last year, for sure. The new rat sounded great. Anyways, uh, I'm sitting here with the uh, one and only John Astronomy, just off a plane from Florida. A big Talking Metal toast. How was Florida, man? Florida was great. Speaking of rat, I saw Bobby Blotzer down there. I actually didn't talk to him. I was like literally standing about five feet away, and there was just like a ton of people, and um, everything was a little hectic. I was actually talking to Lita Ford. She came over to me with uh, my friend Chris, and we were talking a little bit, and then somehow I think Bobby Blotzer stole her away. But uh, uh, I was down there with Ace Frehley. Had a great time at the Spooky Empire three-day horror fest. Thank you to everybody who came down to see Ace. Ace had a great time. The fans had a great time, and uh, I had a great time. Cool, cool. I got one really funny story. Uh, you guys will all laugh at this, and even Ace was making fun of me. Um, I was on the ground level at my hotel, and uh, I picked up my telephone, and there was a lizard under it. And then I freaked out and started yelling and stuff, and he was like, what are you doing? That's a harmless thing. And I'm like, ah! freak it out cool well you've really been doing some cool uh, stuff with ace and we got to get him back on talking metal at some point definitely we definitely will get ace really back on talking metal uh we just did the carnegie hall redemption song benefit we did the spooky empire thing which was awesome and this friday uh which will probably be passed by the time you guys hear this but ace is going to do new york groove at the new york rangers home opener and that stuff will definitely wind up on the internet, guys. So uh, check out NewYorkRangers.com, check out AceFreely.com, and we'll provide links to it when it gets posted. Very cool. Yeah, my dad might be at that that game. He has uh, season tickets to the Rangers. And last year I meant to take you, but it didn't work out. I'll get you to a game this year, you and Jay Bones, hopefully, because I know you guys are hockey fans. Anyways. We got the one and only Dave Navarro, pretty big name guest for Talking Metal, coming up in just a bit. We're going to hear a little music right now, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about Dave's guitar. And then a little bit later, you'll be hearing from the man himself. Again, Dave Navarro from Red Hot Chili Peppers, Jane's Addiction fame. So let's get into a song called Silence. This is by Kiski and Somerville. We're going to have, actually, Amanda Somerville on the next edition of Talking Metal. At least I think it'll be the next edition, 326. Uh, she's going to call into us, actually, on our live show. So if you want to hear that interview live, guys, this Tuesday, October 19th at 7 p.m. on the stream, TalkingMetalLive.com, you'll be able to hear... Our interview with Amanda and a guy named Brian Tishy, who's played with everyone from Velvet Revolver to Ozzy to Whitesnake to George Lynch. He actually played on the song Fox on the Run on the new Anomaly record by Ace, too. Brian did? Oh, I did not know that. Very cool. We'll have to ask him about that. And again, this is a song called Silence by Kiski and Somerville on the Talking Metal podcast.
That was Silence by Amanda Somerville. She's going to be on the podcast probably the next episode. Tune in to hear her live on Talking Metal Live this Tuesday, probably the day after you're hearing this podcast on TalkingMetalLive.com or MarkStriegelRadio.com. Yeah, absolutely, guys. And, Mark, coming up, we have Dave Navarro. I am psyched that you did this interview, and I can't wait to hear it. And I can't wait to hear about the Epiphone Dave Navarro's signature guitar, and it's called Chain, I believe, right? Yes, yes. And big thanks to you, by the way, because uh, although I did the interview, you're the guy who kind of hooked it up through your Gibson connections. You do some work for them. So uh, thank you for hooking that up, because uh, I guarantee we're going to be the only podcast who has Dave Navarro, again, international superstar known for many things, including his work with Jane's Addiction, Red Hot Chili Peppers. He's done a lot of stuff on television, played with Axl Rose. We're going to play that song in a bit. But uh, anyways, big thanks to, to Dave Navarro for coming on the Talking Metal podcast. You guys are going to hear he's actually a big metalhead. Grew up listening. You know, Jane's Addiction is what he's most famous for. People think of that band. You probably think of more of an alternative still a hard sound but more alternative but this guy i mean he grew up on metal maiden and you know sabbath uh, all the way back to guys like hendrix he he loves it all and he actually will talk a little bit about iron maiden in the podcast interview we're about to hear excellent and i love the way this guitar looks i'd like to actually get one of them it's uh, basically a dreadnought acoustic but with a cutaway uh, it's black, has a, a really cool clear pickguard with a really neat uh, haunting design underneath it. And what's great is because the design is underneath the pickguard, uh, you know, you never scratch it off. It has a Sitka spruce top, mahogany back, ebony fingerboard, and uh, it has an Sonic preamp, which is something really cool, and a really neat pickup system. So I'm really psyched to actually play one of these. <clears throat> This is a song that Guns released in 1999. It features Dave Navarro, Chris Pittman, Dizzy Reed, Tommy Stinson, Josh Freeze on the drums, uh, and a tall Paul Tobias. I think that's how you pronounce Tobias. I'm not sure how you pronounce his name, but anyways, uh, Dave Navarro. Um, never, I guess, uh, an official member of Guns, but he did again do this song with them, which I've always loved. This song. This is called "Oh My God." And we'll get right into the interview with Dave after that.
Mark, how you doing? Let's talk, let's talk some metal. Dave, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we want to talk a lot about your new signature Epiphone acoustic guitar. Uh, we can do that, but I also want to talk metal. I was promised that we'd be talking metal. Oh, yeah, we will. Absolutely. When, when you are playing guitar like at home, do you spend more time on the acoustic or the electric? Uh, it's, a, it's probably about the same. I, you know, I do most of my writing on acoustic. But, you know, I am a diehard metalhead at heart, and I do spend a lot of time on the electric uh, doing what some would call shredding at right. home. Very cool. Just mind, you know, because, frankly, let's call it what it is. I can't do it in the band. I can right. do it in Camp Freddy once in a while when we have a great, uh, you know, metal guest, which is my cover band. But by and large, no one wants to sit there and listen to me shred for three hours. So where am I going to do that? Right in the privacy of my own home, Mark. That's where. Very good, very good. And when you were growing up, what were some of your favorite guitar players? My first loves were uh, Jimmy Page, Jimi Hendrix, David Gilmore, uh, a lot of a lot of cats who came out of the '60s, and then uh, and then I went, yeah, and then I dove pretty hardcore into the metal scene. Uh, and believe it or not, uh, Dave Murray from Iron Maiden was probably one of the more influential metal guitarists on me. Wow. Uh, if, you listen, if you listen to uh, his use of delay on something like I the March or in uh, maybe even in the Trooper right. solos or stuff like that, uh, that's he's the guy that uh, inspired me to get interested in, in the use of delay pedals. So, in a weird way, <laughs> my, my love of Iron Maiden helped shape the sound of James Edition. Very cool, very cool. And when you first came, you know, met Perry and stuff, was he taken aback? Was he scared that you had more hard rock and metal roots? Um, not really. I mean, the thing that was cool about when when James got together was that none of us had similar musical tastes, right? And so that was kind of an experiment unto itself. Well, you know, what would happen if we took the time Perry was in a doc band called Psycom? Eric Avery was uh, very much a part of the uh, L.A. punk rock scene, um, who, by the way, I later introduced him to metal, which he became a diehard fan of. Wow, cool. I think, I think once, once he heard Kill Em All, he was kind of sold. Um, but, uh, you know, and Steven was uh, very much a child of the 60s and the Grateful Dead scene, and I was kind of like your... You know, average uh, shredder wannabe kid, and we all got together, and it kind of created a very unusual sound, at least certainly back then. And uh, I think that that was, uh, you know, that was where we were born, really, is from the, the dissimilarities. Right. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so let's talk a little bit about this guitar that you have. It's the Epiphone, the Dave Navarro Signature Epiphone Acoustic Guitar. And it's yeah. definitely not your typical acoustic guitar. It has a lot of cool features. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the stuff it does? For example, the built-in tuner. Yeah, one of the things that's really uh, special about this particular guitar is that if you play it well enough, it'll actually blow you. <laughs> a lot of guitars out there don't they don't do that. I mean, generally, that's not very hard to find. Full service there, nice. Yeah, I had that built into it, which was nice. No, I mean, it's, uh, 
it, you know, it's got the built-in tuner. It's got, you know, it was really important to me because, you know, we spent a lot of time doing festivals and, like, live performances, certainly to, to, uh, to walk out on stage with an acoustic guitar and not have a sound check is potentially a, a nightmare, a sonic nightmare. So uh, having the built-in volume and tone controls right on the on the body of the guitar is pretty important. You know, usually the monitor guys get it right, but sometimes they don't, and you got to have control. And you know, these things are acoustic guitars in general are just there's a potential feedback problem with them that is inherent in, in the more open the body, the more potential you get for the feedback. And uh, I wanted that warm, open sound. I also wanted it to be uh, really versatile and usable in the studio for miking. So that's why I really focused on the body. And, and I had that cutaway put in there because I go high on the neck sometimes. But, you know, I also wanted to not cut too deep into the, uh, you know, the openness of the sound. So it's, pretty much got everything put put there that I needed. And then aesthetically, I just wanted something that looked kind of classic, but kind of looked modern and, and a little mean. So it's, you know, it's your traditional black. It's got the uh, Aleister Crowley universal hexagrams going all the way down the inlay. Nice. You know, I, I, I nicknamed it Jane, much like your old blue guitar players would name their guitars. And I did a... a kind of a play on the, the traditional hummingbird pickup and I put like crows and dead trees and you know to kind of took that to that design but to kind of make it my own and it's pretty much uh, the most beautiful thing I've ever owned in terms of acoustic guitar for sure. And and as far as a lot of the signature model guitars they, they run so expensive and I think one of the things that's cool about this is it's actually affordable for I guess you could say real people you know and um, yeah. can you talk well, about you know, the price? Yeah, my feeling on that is that, you know, obviously we're in the middle of the... It's a horrific economy out there. And, uh, you know, one of the ways that I escape the horrors of, of society and of the world is music. Now, if I was to put out a product that, you know, you know, kind of dangles the carrot in front of you and says, here's the solution to all your problems, but you can't afford it in this economy, that would be really kind of kind of a fucked up place to come from. So we wanted it to be something that, you know, was affordable and, and it would allow someone to have that sense of escapism or creativity or what have you. Because, you know, those are the things that keep uh, guys like me in check and, and allow me to have peace of mind. Cool. Cool. So can we expect new music from Jane's Addiction in 2011? Yeah, absolutely. We're actually in the studio right now uh, writing. We've actually recorded some stuff. Uh, already, and we're, we're, you know who Rich Costi is? Wait, what's that? He, uh, Rich Costi is a producer. He worked with oh. Muse, and uh, uh, he did the last couple of Muse records, and, and Mars Volta, and he's, he's a terrific producer, and you know, between him and us, uh, we're taking our time, but yeah, early 2011 for sure. Excellent. And are you guys, I know you were working with Duff for a little while. Um, are you currently like auditioning bass players or do you have a new guy in mind? No, we're not. We, no, no to either of those. We, uh, um, in fact, I just played with Duff last week at uh, a benefit. So uh, okay. I'm, I'm pretty happy that my, my musical interaction with him is certainly not over. Just him and James, you know, he's got velvet to go back to, but, um, you know, we're just kind of working amongst ourselves and 
we had a lot of material written and we're fine-tuning and uh, really not sure what we're going to do on, on the uh, when it comes to the bass slot at this moment. Right. Cool. And, but, and know, the three of us have been working together for 30 years, so we're really kind of not worried about it at this point. Sure. Now, do you play some of the bass parts on the record while you're recording? Yeah, I certainly have. I mean, there's, uh, you know, the way we're working right now is really new and exciting for us. And um, I'll, I like to go and uh, swap out and take our songs and, and and maybe throw on a bass line that's completely contrary to the one that we have and then almost remix it on the same day that we've tracked it, you know? Give us the option to have something totally in a different direction. So I've, I've definitely done that. I love playing bass, but, uh, you know, frankly, I'd rather have someone else do it. <laughs> right, right. Cool. And and as far as, as Duff goes, you guys were, he was never an official member. He was kind of just filling in. Is that what happened there? Yeah, I mean, you know, as far as I'm concerned, he was official. I mean, he toured and wrote with us. You know, I don't right. know what, what that means anymore. You know what I mean? Like, he and I come from uh, a musical family. It's uh, in L.A. We play together in a number of different lineups. And, uh, you know, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the way things have gone down in L.A., especially among rock musicians, and certainly ones from our era, it's like we kind of we just all jam together. <laughs> I hate to make it painted like uh, some, like, 60s commune, but it really kind of has become that, where... We're all interchanging with each other and uh, learning from one another, so it's just kind of a cool vibe right now in L.A. with, with all the players. And, um, you know, I, I, as far as him being an official member in or out, you know, if you ask me, he was and did part of our history. And do you think some of those songs that you were writing with him might appear on the next record? Oh, absolutely. I'm, oh, cool. I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and you even once recorded a song with with Axel, uh, "Oh My God." Um, right. Were you ever approached by him to be an official member of the band back at that time of Guns N' Roses? That yeah, is? yeah. Well, when uh, when Izzy left the band, uh, Axel called me to uh, to be a member of Guns, and um, there's a number of reasons why that didn't work out. I think if I had to pick one; it would be my own heroin addiction. Right, right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and at the time, we were just kind of coming from different places, and, uh, you know, they, they got Gilby, which was a perfect choice for them, and I went on to the Chili Peppers, and everybody came out ahead, and it was cool. But we've always uh, had a great respect for one another, everybody in, in Guns and everybody in Jane's. And I think as it stands, I've played with Steven and Izzy and Duff and Flash and Axel, so I've had an opportunity to play with all those guys at one point or another. And, uh, it, you know, they're all incredible. So it's, it's always been a, a good time. Cool. Well, Dave, thanks so much for joining us on Talking Metal. Uh, very cool to know that you uh, were inspired by Dave Murray. I don't know if anybody knows that, but that's that's a great story. So thanks for sharing that. Hi, buddy. No problem. Take it easy. Take care.
That was Stop by James Addiction right here on Talking Metal. want to send another big thanks out to Dave Navarro and all the people over at Gibson Guitars, Gibson Epiphone Guitars, for making this interview possible. And thanks to you, Mark, for doing it. Oh, you bet. Thanks to you for setting it up, along with Jim over at uh, Gibson. So that's about it. Um, again, if you're around, guys, and uh, the 19th hasn't passed by the point in time you're hearing this, Tune in to uh, TalkingMetalLive.com for our live show. We have at least two guests, Amanda, Amanda Somerville and also Brian Tishy, And we'll see who else calls in, uh, trying to line up some other people as we speak. Maybe we'll end with a little Dave Navarro playing an acoustic. How about that? Yeah, that sounds great. Why don't we hear a little slow motion sickness uh, solo track from Dave Navarro on the acoustic guitar? I bet he will play this on the Jane Epiphone the next time he does it. And, uh, guys, check out www.talkingmetal.com for all the show notes and all that crazy stuff we got on the website, links to everything else that we do. Go to talkingmetalforums.com. Go to our Twitter account, which is twitter.com slash talkingmetal. We've got a lot of followers on there, Mark. Yeah, we do. We do. So, guys, thanks for following us. And... Thanks for your support. Here's a little Dave Navarro to take us out today. Continue the waiting, tearing at the wing. A terrible plaything, broken on a swing. Cat boxes of old days. When you were afraid